here's one of my favorite least boring people in the world chocolate yoda thanks for joining me how are oh, you my pleasure i'm excellent i'm excellent thanks for having me on um it's interesting uh this morning at about 4 a.m i posted a talk um i think yeah i think i posted a talk on wisdom called this is the end of course the lyrics are from the song the end by the doors so there you go synchronicity oh, synchronicities yeah oh man i love it and before okay. I get onto the misfit thing, you you reminded me of a song lyric earlier because you were talking about how you wanted someone to accept all of you, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Billy Joel has a lyric that said, "You've given me the best of you. Now I need the rest of you." Oh, and yeah. I've always related to that song because you know um, I don't do this, but I, I I know that people tend to send their representative on dates rather than themselves. Mm. And uh, I can't wait till I get beyond that point and get to know who the real person is. Yeah. And, you know, of course, it's 50-50. Sometimes I like the fake person and don't like the real person. Yeah. But, you know, that's luck of the draw. Um, but it's, I, by the, I love the title of this because it's paradoxical, of course. You know, Covert Misfits Click <laughs> is really. Yes, I, I work clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Click, we still click. But uh, as far as being a misfit, I never had a choice about it. I was born in the Dominican Republic, and I came here against my will when I was two. And uh, then really against my will, when I was seven, my mother remarried and moved us out uh, first to Elmer's, Queens, which was okay, because that was a lot like uh, Washington Heights, very uh, inter interracial, very you know mixed and all that. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, when I was nine, we moved to Long Island, and that's when things got real dicey. That's when uh, people let me know that uh, they didn't like the difference that they saw. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the beginning of some violent encounters that I had in the name of racism, and um, that was a, a big thing in shaping my personality. But there is another aspect of this that's, I think, closer to what you're talking about, which is I always felt out of place even within my own family. Mm -hmm. And it, I remember something that George Carlin said that really opened up my mind to this. He said, I never felt that I belonged to any group that I was a part of. Yeah. And I totally get that. That's been me. Like, And, and, Nobody, nobody believes me when I tell them I was shy as a child, but I really was. I was extremely shy, like painfully shy. Yeah. And then a combination of martial arts when I was 13 and then public speaking when I was 24 uh, changed that about me. And I, and I became more confident, but that definitely isn't how I started out. And, um, you know, you, you can't obviously make certain choices when you're a child. Um, I certainly wish that I, Hadn't been moved out to the cultural wasteland known as Long Island, but <laughs> I, I did develop uh, certain traits as a result. Like my wit comes from trying to avoid danger. You know? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can and you give so, like an example of that? An example of using my wit was, you know, being surrounded by people that wanted to hurt me. And I had to figure out how to get them to laugh so that they mm. would, you know, forget that they wanted to hurt me. Uh, you know, it's, and again, this goes back to something that uh, 
later on in life, I heard George Carlin say, and, and I reference him a lot because he was my hero. He was great. Uh, because he was, he was the first person that said things where I thought, oh, maybe I'm not crazy. Yeah. You know, there's same. someone else that thinks these things, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he said, I make people laugh. Uh, just so I can tell them what I really want to tell them, because if they're laughing, they're not going to want to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. He was the goat. He was, yeah. he caught all his shit. When you listen to it, you're just like, it, I mean, I get why we both are like, Oh my God, George Carlin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 He changed my life. Um, his, his, Same. I saw his first live HBO special was 92's jamming in New York. And I mm. saw it live. Uh, oh not my not God. there, not not in the theater, but live on HBO because they you know they broadcast it live. Yeah, and just to um, see that, and yeah, and he that's where he had the brilliant routine at the very end. The last eight minutes is called "The Planet Is Fine," mm-hmm. and one of the things I loved about George Carlin is that he was willing to piss off the people that paid to see him. <laughs> yes, and he talked about how being a conservationist was ridiculous. <laughs> Yes. He said the audacity of thinking that you could hurt the planet is the height of ego. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. And oh, you know, God. and it just it just things like that along during my lifetime just helped me develop my perspective on things. Yeah. And that's why I say like I I'm I'm a human being so I have every human trait every other human has so I prefer to be liked. I really do. Yeah. If you give me a choice between being liked and unliked, I'm going to choose being liked. I'd prefer that. But I've learned to not mind the inevitability of not being liked. Yeah. And find power in that sometimes, like Carlin did. Yeah, there's a freedom to it because um, yes. you're well, – I'll speak for myself. My, Since I know that when I speak – what is true for me, it's going to piss some people off. Yeah. And I've just accepted that. And that gives me the freedom to be honest. Yep. You know, like if um, someone is liked by everyone, chances are that person's not saying anything important. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like a Hallmark card never offends anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So I don't want to be a Hallmark card. Yeah, you know, you're like, you know thank you, saying? very nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want to say something that's true for me. Like, I have a habit of seeing beyond the rhetoric and the propaganda because, you know, I've been looking at this stuff for most of my life. And I and I see what everybody is is saying, but it, to me, a lot of it is like, you're, you're saying the emperor has clothes on, but I don't see any clothes. Yeah. You know, and I'm that guy. And so I know they're going to people that are like, how dare you? How could you say that? And I'm like, well, isn't this obvious? Let's think about this, you know? Yeah. And again, even though I want to be liked, I'll, I'll, I'm okay with being disliked if the only reason that you dislike me is that I'm saying something that makes you uncomfortable and it's only making you uncomfortable because it's true. Yeah, or it's a problem with them, or it's something they need to explore. Why does it make you feel uncomfortable? Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd yeah, like, like if someone quote. if someone says I'm fat, I'm not going to get upset because I'm fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> I know, know what I mean. I know so, it's something that, like, yeah, it's obvious. I'll even announce it to everybody. Like, hey guys, this is going on. I'm well aware. Okay, like, <laughs> yeah. 
but it's a uh, it's like the quote you know by Kurt Cobain I love so much it's better to be hated for what you are than loved for what you're not exactly so which is why I don't show up as my facade when I go on dates I let women know this is the whole story take it or leave yeah. it so yeah. that's it for me great uh, speaking with you and uh, oh, looking man, forward to more of your talks thank you so much for popping up. 